shot. He's got the touchdown. And Mahomes at bay. The Tampa Bay Bucks, Super Bowl 55. Hello and welcome back to what is another edition of the Bucks Banter Podcast, live on Bucks Report. I am your host, Colin Hallboom, and I am joined by my colleagues Scott Capron and Bodan Yard. Fellas, it's a it's a dreary day around the Hallboom household. Um, I'm sure you can guess why, and I'm sure most of the Bucks fans watching this, what either now or later, share in my misery. As uh, the Buccaneers are coming off their second consecutive loss, second consecutive ugly loss, and to an inferior opponent as they lose 29-19 to Taylor Heineke in the Washington football team, the now 3-6 and six Washington football team. Crazy. Like, I mean, I, yeah. yeah, I don't even know where to start with this. I've never watched a game for that long just being like, this isn't doesn't seem like this is should happen the way that it's happening like it just feels like everything was wrong but okay yeah and uh you know hey how's it going everyone uh thanks for thanks for joining us on a on a dreary monday as you said but um i think uh, i think i know where we're starting guys and i think it's with that bucks uh washington game i don't know just a stab in the dark looking at the outline yeah yeah i mean i'm happy to breeze right past it if you want <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we should probably discuss. I think we should probably discuss. Yeah, well, I mean, it's as bad of a loss as it gets for this version of the Buccaneers. Um, yep. Just absolutely atrocious on both sides of the ball, right? Normally, the offense is at least doing their thing. They have been all year. Tom Brady's been especially dialed in this season, despite certain position groups maybe not holding their own. But the offense has been as close to unstoppable as you can want them to be. The problems have all been on the defensive side, which has been well-documented. Everyone knows that. But when you see the offense isn't there to pick up the slack, yeah. uh, it, it got real ugly real fast. Heineke looked like Dan Marino at points. Um, and the, the Buccaneers' defense looked really rough, really rough. But so did the offense. Like, I, I almost – like, I don't know where to start. It, like, I hate to be that guy to just be, you know – pushing yeah. the, the negative button but but i'm just being genuine it was really all around a rough well, go for any bucks I, fan I do you want to start with any bright spots like the only bright spot i can think of is mike evans and they didn't really get him involved as much as i thought they might have going down the stretch but um the the 40 yard touchdown pass was unbelievable that swim move he basically puts on the cornerback to get yeah. open on a go route that was that was a great that was a great play yeah, Fuller, um, Fuller. Sorry, Bo, but Fuller was like you could see him complaining about that. Like, whatever. Wow. Yeah, that was a fine play. That was a great way to get off within the first five yards there. Exactly. Exactly. That's really exactly what I was thinking. It was like it's within two yards of the line of scrimmage. It's like, don't press Mike Evans. Maybe like, yeah, you're you're not that guy. Now to answer your question, do I want to start with the bright spots? No, because I I just yeah. can't yet. That's no, like that's, there, also yeah. that. There are no actual bright spots in a ten-point loss to a team that doesn't have a name, right? Let's let's call it as it is. Like like they sucked. They were beat the whole game. Once again, these slow starts are killing them. Like yeah. it looked like they were going to climb back into the game, climb back into the game. But the longer you let these teams stick around, like they're still NFL teams, it's hard to win. It's hard to it really beat is. these teams, right? No matter what, like we see these crazy upsets all the time. It's just it's just what happens and. You, you let them hang around, and, and they got beat, and 10 was – I thought, a fa- like, losing by 10 was fair. It's not like they got screwed or anything like that. Like, they, they were the worst team. They got beat by two scores, and that was I, super concerning. I I loved them this week. I thought off the bye, a few guys getting yeah. back healthy, an inferior team, and kind of a crowd that's known for turning on their team um, when things go poorly. You know, I I was I wasn't thinking it was going to be the same as the Chicago game at the half, but I was totally ready for a twenty-one-three halftime lead, and this thing is over. And it just you yeah. could tell right away that that wasn't happening on Sunday. Yeah, you're you're absolutely correct. Um, I mean, you know, I'll start with the worst of it. That final ten-minute drive of the game, oh my Washington god, was uh, literally torture. Like it's that is sorry when. 
you need a stop and you and you're like there's no chance and they're just churning time off the clock and you realize how short an NFL game is because how yeah. little the clock stops. You, that's the most helpless feeling in sports, baby. Like yeah. it and is it, awful. They were actually starting to pull it together too, which is what made it that much worse. Was like, oh, the defense isn't like stepping, shooting itself in the foot all of a sudden. Um, and it just felt like, oh, you just all you need to do is get a stop and get the ball back in Brady's hands, and you guys are fine. Um, yeah, and that, that drive just out. never, ever ended. And to make matters worse, in addition to them scoring a touchdown after that full quarter drive to seal the victory, yeah. Vita Vea was carted off the field after that yeah. play. And we just see, you know, Fox didn't, we didn't even get a clear glimpse of how it happened. They just come back, and then you see him on the cart. And I was like, wait, 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 what? carted off that i was i was so depressed yesterday it was really bad like the sunday scaries is one thing oh, how bad that was um, really bad but have we heard anything about vea we have and i'm i'm uh very happy to report that it is a sprained acl or mcl i forget which and a bone bruise so similar result okay. to what what happened with mike evans no, um no. sprained ligament bone bruise last year versus Washington actually in that yeah. first round playoff game where it looked Evans, that injury that looked way worse. worse. I still yeah. can't believe Evans played the next game because that, that was insane. Like, that, but anyway, um, so he doesn't even need to go on IR. He might be back in a couple weeks. So like best case, because despite what, whatever happened in that game, if we were to move past that uh, Buccaneers are still six and three. So losing Vita Vea would have been the signature ailment of that, or result of that game like that was a big deal so the fact that he's going to be back is a little bit of uh lighting at the end of the tunnel yeah yeah that's huge yeah. but it's like that that like watching him come up like when he was on the cart i was like oh they told him something about his season that's the way his his face looked when he was getting carted off uh sorry scott go ahead no i was just gonna say like it feels like they have a mandate to lose a starter on defense every game. And it just happened to be Vea this time, right? I, it's hard to watch. You know, there's lots to break down about this game. Ultimately, they're fine, I think. Like, they will be. They'll figure it out. But th- these are tough losses. Like, these are concerning losses. And, you, and you're right. There's, they're 6-3. and three. It's not the end of the world. But, man. By ten at Washington, and w- when you were definitively the, the the second best team on the field, like that was, ugh, yeah. that was not good this weekend, guys. I I don't know, I don't know, and like the rest of the NFC is shaping up to be so difficult. Hey, it's hard to get to any Super Bowl. It's hard to win any Super Bowl, but they're going to be really up against it here, I think, and and they need to get completely healthy as well. Figure a lot out. Luckily. There's still half of the games of the season, right? Like with the 17 games, there's still a ton of time to get this all sorted out. But man, I I just dis like like weirdly disappointed in them on Sunday. Uh, like I was really looking forward to see what Brady was going to look like coming off the bye, and oh, they just sucked. And you mentioned they're going to be up against it. I think maybe they need to be up against it. Maybe, you know? maybe, yeah, maybe like last year. Like I don't know, like. Because the NFL rolling out the red carpet for this repeat pursuit hasn't worked so far. And again, we're complaining they're six and three, yada, yada, yada. But still, like, like these are back to back really poor performances against inferior opponents. Yeah. Uh, talk dating back to the Saints game coming off a bye. Unfortunately, you know, I we were expecting Sean Murphy Bunting to be back, Scotty Miller to be back. Yeah. Um, Richard Sherman was supposed to be back and, and he tweaked his calf in warm-up. I'm no longer even considering Richard Sherman a member of the team. No disrespect to him or anything. Like I get it. Dude's been out of the league for a while now. Um, but yeah, like how can you? I, I'm just I, not not even gonna put that in yeah. my head. There's no point. So no, I, I'm with you there. Yeah, not he doesn't bang. move the dial anymore as, as much no, as I think like if he if he stayed healthy, he didn't go out in the first game of the of his uh year, but and he was like rolling. Maybe you got you get something out of Richard Sherman, but it's tough to think that he's going to come back and be an impact player. It, I agree. It, it would be house money at this point if he does. Yeah, is because yeah. if he's back, it means a lot of other people are also back too, right? Yeah, true. So yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it felt like like you know the, the we just had a team of safeties back there at points. Yeah. You know, all three of our safeties on the field, like what felt like the whole game, plus Ross Cockrell. Like at points, there were four safeties out there. Um. So, I mean, yeah, you know, there is no excuse. Let me make that clear. But I am saying the secondary injury issues 
were present more so than anticipated based on the news coming out of Bucks camp heading into the game. Um, weird, weird scenario too. Like this was Brady's worst game in a long time, in a long, long time. Yeah. So e- even against New Orleans, when you, when you run the tape back, like he was delivering a lot of really, really high difficulty throws on the money. Like he's still actually in a vacuum played re- pretty well, despite how, how things looked. If you just were going off your initial yeah. eye test this week, there's no way that was the case. I mean, it was checked down city and they still managed to turn it over twice. Strangely, um, uh, the, the Darden interception, I mean, almost felt like it could have been ruled a fumble, but yeah. did you guys both catch that live? Yeah, I did. Yeah, was, yeah, I watched the whole game. So it was really weird. In Bruce Bruce Arians' press conference today, he identified that. He tried to say uh, both interceptions were Brady's fault. Yeah, I saw that too. That was a little odd. I think he said that right after the game too. Or maybe it was after the game. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but the point is, like, why Why is he even saying that? Like, everyone watched the game. That couldn't be less Brady's fault. That's just a stupid comment. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. I, I don't, he, he laid in. And maybe he's just trying to fire them up um, and, like, kind of do, like, uh, Belichick, no one's higher than the team thing, and I'm going to make an example out of Tom Brady type of thing. But I don't know. Like, yeah, I, I saw those comments. I'm just like, that. the Darden one was definitely not on him. No. Well, Old old Brucey isn't afraid to uh, to stir the pot, eh? And yeah. uh, and call some guys out and just kind of say things for the sake of it. It seems like I, I the emphasis on the last point you just made, saying things for the sake of saying it. I almost feel like he's just trying to go back to his recipe book and be like, "Oh, I called Tom Brady out last year, and it really inspired him and our team." Yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah. if that's your angle, I guess. But like, let's not for something that isn't there because to call that interception on Brady is just totally unnecessary and not right. Maybe it's more him standing up for the rookie and not wanting the rookie to get raked over. I don't know, but everyone watched the same play. So there's no need for it in my opinion. Is there any word on Darden? He, he was injured in that game too, right? He, he returned after that and okay. looked, looked fine. So okay. it was weird, right? He went down like clutching his back and he looked to be yeah. in a lot of pain. Um, however, he, he was returning kicks after that. So he seems to be fine. Um, all indications on my end. And uh, while we're on the topic of the Bucks, folks, on Bucks Report or watching on Bucks Banter or both, whichever, uh, feel free to chime in. Everyone's a little quiet. Is this just the the, the vibes on after losing two in a row? Have we, have we become so spoiled as Buccaneers fans that we're not willing to discuss our team on the ugliest of days? I, yeah. I, I mean, it's possible. Some people like to bottle up their issues, right? They They just blast past it and just, you know throw on an episode of something and tune everything out. I don't, that's not me. I'm a sharer. All right. What can I say? But some people, not everyone's like that. <laughs> wow. That's a, you're fitting in with the mustache and everything, dude. That's like a real well, stick. If I'm being completely honest, I'm just getting ready for this Michigan Ohio state game in two weeks. I'm trying to get out ahead of this uh, inevitable <laughs> disappointment. So, I mean, I'm wearing a beat Ohio shirt, but it's a real yin yang situation, left brain, left brain, right brain, and uh, anyway, I, if if that's what any Bucks or Bucks fans are feeling, I'm just trying to get there with them too. So, Ron Alvarado on Facebook didn't get to see the game, but got the score and just wondered, wondering what happened. Yeah. Uh, Ron, if you're just tuning in, we've it's it's really hard to put your finger on all of the different things that seem to go wrong. The biggest difference from previous. Um, performances that were underwhelming for this Bucks team were more could be could be isolated on the defensive side of the ball for the most part. That wasn't the case in this game. Uh, the offense was stagnant right from the start. You know, in the big picture, penalties weren't huge, but we had a neutral zone infraction and an offsides on two of our veteran defensive linemen um, in the for first, first downs. Like exactly, like like yeah. that's something that has been a huge theme with this team, especially the veterans going offsides and making these stupid penalties. That's got to stop. I. I mean, that's something. What more can you say about it? Like, no. figure it out. Just figure it out. Take it. Be accountable to yourself. This isn't a team issue. You worry about yourself being disciplined um, and playing the whistle properly and understanding where the neutral zone is. And just a, and just killer timing on some of the penalties. Don't you find? Yeah. So, like certain teams just seem to have the penchant for shooting themselves in the foot more than others based on when and what the penalties are. You know what I mean? That's like um, last night watching the Chiefs Raiders. I think it was still 17-14, and, and the Raiders stopped KC behind the line. It was going to be second and 11, but that Max Crosby guy power slammed Daryl Williams. <laughs> yeah, I saw that too. 15 yeah. yards, 
and yeah, and KC scores three plays later. You know what I mean? It's just like yeah. the, all penalties in football, like they're killer in, a, in a, their own way, but some are just way more impactful than others. Yeah, that that was a brutal one too. Um, yeah, no, I think like us, but... the thing that stuck out to me and like why I thought the Bucks would win was the broadcast kept on honing in on Ron Rivera telling the media and telling everyone that would listen to him this week, oh, we're just going to fall in love with the four-yard runs against this Bucks defense, which is one of the best uh, best run defenses in the league, if not the best. Um, but they did it. They they Antonio Gibson had 24 carries, about three yards per carry. Like it's pretty it's pretty crazy that they thought that, that was a winning formula. And I get that they got out to a big lead at the start of this game. And okay, now we're going to try to drain the clock. But to think that that was a formula to beating the Bucks in like a very important way, and even though you saw a few of those, especially on that last drive, that Adam Humphreys catch on third down was just an absolute killer. If a 10 yard catch, 10, 15 yard catch, um, they were committed to the run and they won the game because they were able to run the ball against the Bucks. Even though I thought Devin White had, to play, had played a great game. Levante David played a great game. He got in there like with the, one of the famous uh, peanut Tillman punches the ball and gets the fumble. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was going to swing the game and that we're going to, okay, the bucks are going to start rolling now, but they, they never wavered. They just kept on converting third downs, running the ball effectively and like hats off to Washington. I don't know what made them think they would get away with that, with how bad their run offense is and how bad their offensive line is in general. But for a team that's bad at running the football and also defending the pass, they did both of those things on Sunday, and that's why they won. Well said, very well said. Um, yeah, Bo. Like I'm glad. Like on the like you asked about, you know, do we want to start with the positive? So I'm glad you brought that up because the linebacker play was positive despite the results. Like I'm yeah. sorry, um, you know, Devin White and Levante David both they combined for 32 total tackles. Devin White, Devin White had 18 tackles and two sacks. So a lot of people have been roasting Devin White on the stake. Um, in Bucks land. And obviously it didn't work, whatever, but it, like, if you're just viewing his play, I thought he was controlled for the most part um, while still remaining aggressive, which is the best version of Devin white you can possibly get. That's when he's an absolute game wrecker. Yeah. Um, didn't wreck the game, but he at least was showing signs of being the Devin white, not signs. He was, he was announcing that he is very much still a force at that position. Um, so it was really nice to see that. And then Levante's just always doing his thing, man. He's he's so solid. He's so consistent. It's insane. Um, yeah. And we know we hit the over on that ta- on that tackles with eight with eighteen. We'll take that. Yeah, the in game he, he had a ton That's right away. Ticket. Yeah, you're right. That's goddamn. What I just can't. <laughs> this whole everything went wrong. Um. Anyway, speaking of the brights, I thought Winfield played well, pretty well too, actually. Antoine yeah. Winfield played played just a fine game. So Christopher Cole, uh, he's bringing the bright side. We appreciate that, Christopher, on Facebook. It was a very bad blade game, but we will figure it out. And I agree. There's lots of season to go. I sure hope we can get healthy, get, you know, Gronk. I, I We really missed AB out there because AB's explosiveness. Oh, yeah. I, that was a game where every other game I'm like, oh, no AB, rest him up, no worries. We got Let's feed Godwin and Evans and whatever. They needed AB uh, this game. Scary amount of drops, especially from our guy Tyler Johnson. Um who we were giving a big shout out to before the bye. Um, but yeah, that was that's not what you want to see from Tyler Johnson if he wants to be that third wide receiver. Right. Some at some point in his career. Like that that didn't seem like he's like growing into that position, is what I would say. Right. And you mentioned Adam Humphreys with that huge conversion yeah. catch, right? Um former Buck. Former Buck, that's a guy who took advantage of his opportunities and they couldn't keep him off the field. So yeah. Tyler Johnson fun. Johnson currently finds himself in that same position. You got to capitalize. It's all about your opportunity. Uh, they'll find someone else who will. Scotty Miller's out, right? So it really is an opportunity for Tyler Johnson to play that huge three yeah. receiver spot. And uh, yeah, he, he didn't have a good game. Lots of the receivers were, were underwhelming. I mean, the whole offensive game plan was clearly to dink and dunk. Lenny had like a shit ton of catches. I don't eight know. Eight catches. Many. Eight catches on nine targets. I've got it up right here. And That's he had that terrible drop early on, too, right? Where yeah. Him like, mm, and Gio yeah. Bernard had big drops. Gio had a horrible drop. Yeah. Yeah. They Which were giving him the under. They were I think he had, two, he had back-to-back drops. ones. He had back-to-back drops. Yeah. Three targets, one catch. And I'm pretty sure I had two drops on that, on those two targets. So, on those three targets. Like, 
Yeah, Geo Geo didn't look good. Was Rojo even out there? He is is was he out? So it's Lenny's train now, baby. Yeah, hey. Yeah, that, that's been that's been proven uh to be true. It looks like, hey. Fair pretty, enough, too. I think yeah, I think Rojo's yeah. pretty much uh injury insurance. I mean, Lenny's still running tough, man. Like he's yeah, playing, he's playing like, well. He's playing really, yeah. really well. So I, I prefer him to just keep keep rolling, get that confidence going. Yeah, that's a positive for sure. Yeah. Um Colin, what what was your general feeling during the game? Like, just was it? Did it feel like inevitable that they were going to like? What? Where were? You, where was your head at? We weren't really talking during the game, so and we didn't watch together. So I was just like, what were you thinking? Because it just it just looked like it was one of those days. It just looked like it was the uh, basically the Saints game all over again, right? Like they, it just wasn't going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I bet the Buccaneers money line four different oh. times. So maybe blinded by my own ambition, but no, I I felt like things. You were... read my book. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The book Audio that's exactly book. one sentence long. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I I was comfortable losing that bet because it felt like the Bucks were right there, even, and it felt like a lot they of were. things, a lot of yeah. things were going Washington's way. Like it felt in some ways lucky at first, proved not to be luck at all because I mean Heineke really played a good second half. Um, yeah, he really did. Which wasn't the case early on. I mean, they lost. They lost Chase Young, unfortunately, you know, torn MCL. That really sucks to see Chase go down um, yeah. as a football fan. But he's young. That he'll, sucks. He'll bounce back. And McLaurin got hurt early. Yeah. Um, so I was a little – like, those things, I'm like, those guys are banged up. Like, man, Tampa's got to come out rolling. Tom's not going to allow this to happen coming out of the break. Um, Dude, I'm shocked McLaurin's not still on the field after that hit he took from Jordan White, uh, Jordan Whitehead. He got like sandwiched between I forget who was covering him, but Jordan Whitehead comes out of nowhere and literally like tries to break him in half. And somehow Terry gets up and was like he held the ball. I, it was insane he held his ball. I couldn't believe I couldn't believe it, man. Jordan Whitehead is an absolute lunatic. He is he is like, yeah, he's not he's not normal. That's no, no, yeah. like he has no barometer of like potential no. pain, injury, whatever. Like he would take a Chevy Silverado head on, you know, on yeah. the that and like, he also has no idea what the limits of his force are. So he just always says, oh, I'm just going to go full speed. And like, I'm just going to hit this guy as hard as I possibly can. And it's like, I have no idea what that could do to another human being, but I'm going to try it. There's That's, a couple. There's He doesn't. That, sorry. He doesn't tackle with his arms enough. Like he just no, fully relies on shoulder. And yeah. Often, shoulder and force. Often he doesn't need to, but there were a couple times yesterday where I wish he did. He helped save uh, Gibson from punching it in on the one where he kind of used his arms for once. Yeah. Um, but Whitehead's got to be in terms of just like hard hitting. He has to be at the top of that list in the NFL right now from the safety position. It's yeah. I, it's, it's at the point where I'm like, if I see a big throw against the Bucks defense, I'm like, Oh no. That receiver is screwed because Jordan Whitehead's going to come out of nowhere. Like he's like never in the frame, but he's on he's in on every deep ball. It's in, it's yeah. insane. I'm expecting to see him one time, and we're going to look, and he just doesn't have a helmet on, and he's still out there just flinging his body like it doesn't like he doesn't or like or one of those old ones with just like the single bar, and he doesn't yeah. just like hacking darts in between plays because he's so old school. I'm expecting honestly at this point, I wouldn't be surprised. It's more likely that like half of his shoulder pads are just gone, just like dust because he just annihilated someone. Yeah. Yeah. Randy Wynn on Facebook asks if Washington's weakness is the long pass, why was Tampa's pass strategy short passes? Well, they were giving it to him. That's yeah. the only thing that was there. They were playing that too high shell all game. Yeah. All exactly. Because they know what the Bucks' strength is. So they adjusted yeah. their defense naturally to get more, you know, to make things more challenging. Bucks were trying to take what was there, and also I think that the uh, I think the Buccaneers receivers weren't creating as much separation as you think. I mean, when 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 Evans shook um, Fuller there, uh, Brady hit him. Yeah. So I mean, I, ultimately, it's that their defensive scheme was working, and I think being down that one playmaker, like I was talking about, missing AB's explosiveness. Uh, I found this game more than any other game that he's missed this year. I was really missing some AB. Their only reliable guy to catch those screen passes was. Godwin, who's really good at that, but but AB has a different kind of explosiveness yeah. too to stretch the field. He does everything right. So um, these aren't he makes, he makes those guys better too. He makes those guys better. He, he keeps the defense honest. So yeah. it just thing. It was not the Bucks day, and you can only say that so many times in a row without it becoming a theme and the identity yeah, of the concerned. team. Yeah, yeah. 
So the, the only thing I'll say about that Mike Evans and the only reason why it worked was because they got out of that too high shell and Brady literally comes to the line and is counting each of the guys and takes one glance over at Mike Evans comes back and snaps the ball and he's like that is the only throw that I'm looking at right now. It's like this is my only opportunity to get this off and Washington went right back to that defensive scheme after that. Um, so yeah, that, that was the only opportunity. I'm sure if somehow they got the running game going a little bit more, um, what Lenny have 11 carries for 47 yards. It's not bad, but if you're, if you're pounding the ball a little bit more, maybe they, they bring some safeties down. They get out of, get out of that, uh, that like three deep look. It was almost like four guys deep, honestly. Um, so yeah. Yeah. They were, and I mean, those short passes to the running back are ultimately the same as a run really. So it's like another you know, 10 carries there, more than that, however many pass attempts. But yeah. uh, Washington stayed disciplined and Ron Rivera and his group in terms of being content with that. And they were willing to live with that and yeah. it proved to be effective. Um, I, let's get to a couple comments here. Josh Sains on Facebook. I think coach should find every player that gets a, a legit penalty and give the money to players that don't get a penalty that's a interesting suggestion i've never <laughs> <Yeah>. heard <laughs> that seems like really that'd be a really good idea for the locker room i think i think all the guys would be like nobody would have animosity towards anyone because yeah. no <laughs> i th- what pro um athletes like they really like a good fine structure um they really they really appreciate it and, and would understand the subtleties of it so interesting thought there it I is it's true from. though you got to do something yeah you got to do something at this point like the penalties especially in that first half were just so backbreaking and washington was only up like, i think they were up 16 at one point 16 nothing i'm pretty sure um but 13. like 13 nothing okay yeah. yeah and it was just like they have to figure something out like they got to figure out a way to come out of these games like more fired up or something. I don't know. I don't know what they can do, but I agree. that's on the coach. I, I'll, I'll, that's a little bit on the coaching. Like you, you got to figure a way to get your guys going, knowing that every game is hard, but yeah. where are you guys with the coaching and the, and penalties? Like, it seems like such an easy target to tell that like, Oh, the co- coach has got to have them better. It's like, well, they're the guys out there jumping. Or, yeah. or they're the guys out there, like, there's no coach telling someone to hit a guy late. I, I've always found that a weird narrative to just blame the coaching on that. It's just like, or, you know, when people are like, oh, he's a special teams guy, and they just got a punt returned against him. It's like, well, what? what? No special teams coordinator has ever had a punt returned against them? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, at some point, the player just didn't make a play. It just seems like such an easy scapegoat. Now, Obviously, granted, if you dig deep and you find that they were, you know, being taught the wrong scheme or whatever, but just to make those, like, like that Twitter analysis bothers me so much, so lazy in my mind. You're right, Scott. At this level, it's like they know the damn rules. It's on the yeah. player, especially when yeah. it's veteran guys. Like, like yeah. I, I agree. Oh my God, he's a defensive guy, and they gave up a touchdown. What is? What's he even <laughs> doing now? What? Who gave him a job? Well, yeah. you know. It happen. happens. Yeah. Um, I don't think he was trying to give up a, a touchdown when he was calling the defense the defense on that drive. So, you know, maybe just give him a second chance. Call me nuts. I don't like. I don't know. I yeah. Like I said, I've always just found that to be an easy scapegoat, pointing the finger kind of thing. Very astute observation. I'm glad you well, said. Well, you know, I'm good for uh, one year. Yeah, you should say it to Nadamakan Sue's face because I'm frustrated with Nadamakan Sue last two years. Too many times he's drawn flags and creating first downs for the opposition. Um, And he's got to find ways to contribute. He's not the the pass rusher he once was. He's still a very serviceable interior defensive lineman. uh, Great at stuff in the run, and he's mean. And when he does get to the quarterback, he hurts him. But, you know, he can't take those risks anymore if he can't figure it out. He's got to stay onside. It's so hard with those guys – who their mentality is basically like they play very much on the edge of what's yeah. a penalty and what's not on every single down. But like, that's the intensity that they need just to, to get themselves to where they need to be. But a certain ref or a certain game and that style of play is just so unbelievably costly, right? Just legislated out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, like certain safeties. I want to say like, um, 
like Earl Thomas or whatever, who used to have games where it was completely fine. And then other times you would have multiple, you know, um, like hits to the head penalties or, or, yeah. or stuff. Jamal like Adams that. is kind of like Jamal that right Adam, now. Yeah, it's, yeah, I get it. Like that's that's what makes them great, but it's also such a fine line. You can easily just kill your team yeah. doing that, right? So in Seuss, and Dominican Sue has been the same way since he was at Nebraska. He's been the exact same. So, and any like anyone playing defensive back, I feel like you're at a disadvantage. Like that's just into- even more excusable for that position, eh? Yeah, for sure. And anyone playing defense, it's like you have to be out there trying to kill, basically. And like you don't, the offense knows what they're going to do. You don't know what you're going to do, so you have to react to everything. So, like, I'm not, I'm not making an excuse. I'm just saying to figure out a way to come up to that line without taking those penalties is, is this, is the sweet spot, obviously, but that must be harder than it seems is yeah. what I would say. Apparently so. Um, yeah. So anyway, if, if at any point anyone has other uh, Buccaneers thoughts, as always, please feel free to drop them in the comments and we will try and pick those up. Um, I think in terms of looking forward for the Buccaneers, they got the Giants on Monday night next week. Great. We know this Bucks team plays well in prime time. That is sarcasm because that's not true um but they're gonna have to shake that off and and show some some form of life against the new york giants uh then they home too yeah at home at home uh then they got the colts then they got the falcons before they play the bills week 14 at home as well so that's what we're looking at um in the next few games time to focus on the new york giants more importantly focus on ourselves as a team um at least for the players I, i recognize i am not a member of the team nor am I employed by the franchise. I'm just saying we because I am a part of them. Anyway, let's move on to some NFL news. Um, Christopher Cole brings us right into that nicely. As he says, Arizona got blown out and Bucks fans are panicking. I mean, um, if Tom Brady was out of the game and we got blown out, I certainly wouldn't care much. Kyler Murray's missed the last two games, Christopher Cole. So, um, yeah. DeAndre that- Hopkins also out. Yeah, yeah. Hopkins too. So. <laughs> Um, but anyway, in term, uh, first thing I want to talk about NFL wide is just Odell Beckham Jr. signing with the Rams, and then the unfortunate Robert Woods heading to the IL to the injured list for the rest of the year, tearing his ACL the next day at practice. Insane timing. Super unfortunate for Woods, obviously, and the Rams, obviously. But what an odd set of circumstances with that happening. Just the timing of that. It takes away one of the my major concerns with o- OBJ going back, going to the Rams was just are you going to get the touches that you need um, being wow. in that huge, that like ridiculously potent offense. Um, and like now it, it sucks because Robert Woods is one of the better wide receivers in this league, but OBJ going there. Now he's a clear number two um, could, I don't think he's going to ever, ever elevate above Cooper cup uh, this season, but he's, he's clearly number two. He's that second guy that Stafford's looking at maybe the number one option on some plays. Um, it just it just adds another layer to what he could potentially do in this obvious ring chaser situation he's put himself into. So I, I I'm super excited to see what the what the Rams look like tonight. I think he's playing. I think he said he's gonna return Yeah, kicks. he's supposed to play. Yeah. Von Miller as well. I, I wow. today is supposed to play. So definitely some intrigue in this game. Let's get some Trey Lance on the damn field, please. Like Yeah. So, I want to now the time. You know, yeah. if they lose this yeah. week, I feel like we got to they got to hand it over to Trey. Lane. Dude, the Niners are three and six. Yeah, that's they, wild. I mean, they this is goes without saying that this is a must win, and they haven't shown anything to to me that would indicate that they can beat a real team like this. So, like, is anyone out of like the, that's my thing? Is like, do is anyone out of the playoff race in the NFC at this point. Well, Seattle really hurt themselves yesterday. Seattle's yeah. Seattle's probably actually out, but um, of the teams like Philly, San Francisco, Atlanta, Minnesota, Carolina, like any two of those teams could end up being in the playoffs for sure. Right. Yeah. Carolina got a big win. I mean, you know, we got plenty of games left. The NFC is wide open. I mean, especially like, you know, Bucks falling down to a pedestrian six and three. Cardinals have now lost two games. I mean, those teams at the top, what the Rams are dealing with, like you just said, we'll see tonight how they look. Uh, but lots of question marks for each of those teams, with the exception of Green Bay. I mean, I would have expected Green Bay to put up some more points against the Seahawks. What at home. a weird 
game. Weird game. Weird game. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't watch any of that one. I was all about the Chargers Vikings game. Um, yeah, I watched that one too. And I was pretty much focused on that as well as being a parent, an angry parent following that one o'clock game. Um, <laughs> tough, tough for the girls. I, I, like, I think there's there is something that's going on at the like. I think you you're right. The NFC's wide open for like anyone to sneak in the back door, but at the top, like the Packers are clear. Like if it's a house, the Packers are in the master suite, like clearly. Oh, I like that with the with the suite, and they have like heated floors and everything. They're they they look like the cream of the NFC right hey, now. Uh, Ironic, no, Lambo no. does have heated floors. The grass. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's why everyone was slipping out there. Hey, Bo, but I think the the owner of that master suite doesn't have any vaccines in the medicine cabinet, so just that's <laughs> yeah, to, uh, to keep in mind. Couple. Of he has a nice house. He just might not be able to leave it whenever he wants. But right. Yeah. Well, you know what? He's got it's hooked a hell up a place with Joe Rogan's realtor, and uh, yeah. I think they they specialize in that kind of uh, real estate. So something to keep in mind. Um, yeah, well, I. Uh, yeah. No, no, no. I was just going to say, like, to me, like, if coming out of this weekend, you could definitely say that the Packers are at the top of the NFC. You could par- possibly say the Cowboys are are kind of, like, knocking on the door as well, too. And then, I would. like, let's see what the Rams look like tonight. Like, if they are unbelievable tonight, I think that they could catapult themselves in the same, like, Vegas might look at them the same way that they look at the the Packers. See how quick, though, our opinions, not our opinions, but our perceptions can be altered in one week in this league. It's unbelievable, like, how much each game matters, right? Because think yeah. about how we're talking about the Packers, rightfully so. They just tr- absolutely smashed the Falcons. Um, but the Packers, or sorry, the Cowboys, but the Cowboys last week looked awful. The Bills, awful, yeah. the Bills lost to the goddamn Jaguars last week, and then they took care of business this week. So, it's just wild, eh? How, how, I mean, I don't want to call it recency bias, and I like to think we all have a level head in the in the grand scheme of things. But with so few games compared to some other sports, it is incredible how one week can really. I mean, look at the Chiefs. Chiefs are a perfect example. Yeah. Right. All of a yeah. sudden, you're like, oh shit, was I like being a little too critical there? Like, was I not Ooh. being patient enough? I still don't think the Chiefs have it all back together. No. I think they got they're they're like that's a good defense to kind of catch your catch your like to breath. show up yeah catch your breath yeah. um but i don't know i think the chiefs the chiefs got to prove it to me i still don't i can't trust them i yeah okay so so i hear what you're saying about the chiefs i they're that looked more like them at least they hadn't yeah. looked like that in maybe this whole season really so at least they're that but I, i'm with you both it's not just oh they blew out the raiders they're they're the yeah, yeah, yeah. they're good to go again. Let's see what they do against Dallas this week. But Colin, yeah, what, to your game. point about the schedule, it's the equivalent of five NBA games, right? Is every week. So you, you almost you have to draw these big conclusions yeah. um, from each week and then try to go from there. So that's why when you get these wayward performances or whatever, it does seem shocking. It seems how can they bounce back? Like every loss in the NFL is magnified. It just it's one less that you can get to get to those 10 or 11 wins you need to get to make the playoffs basically. Right. So, um, yeah, a two week span of two good wins. And then, you know, almost any team is back in a playoff race or a division race. You can go from there. Right. So I still think that NFC is wide open throw Tampa, the Rams, the Cardinals, uh, the Packers and the Cowboys. You could, I think you can make an argument for all five of those teams to, to make it. They could any one of them could beat any one of the others on any given exactly. night totally, which is going to make some for some entertaining uh, football viewership in the weeks yeah. to come, weeks and months to come. So, um, yeah, I, I totally agree. Now, and uh, if we can get back to that Green Bay Seattle game for a bit, like I said, weird game. I thought I was going to be all snowy when I turned it on, and it wasn't. So that was disappointing, kind of lame to be completely honest. <laughs> snowy um, in the stands, at least. Yeah, I both. Both quarterbacks, I mean, coming back after a bit of a layoff, um, just everything, both offenses were stuck in absolute mud, like legitimately hard to watch, which yeah, Seattle's is Seattle's makes me like they're bang my head against the wall. Yeah. Cause I, I was watching. I just, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Bo. I, I was watching the game with my dad. Who's like such a pass on first down advocate. Like he, and he was like, I can't, what are the, why bother? Why bother having Wilson as your quarterback? Yeah. Because if you're not going to use them and you know, he, 
he's now a casual football fan, but he'll obviously throw on whoever's uh, playing on a, on a random Sunday. But he's always like, I don't get what they're doing with Wilson. You see what he can do. And it, it's just like what we've been saying. And it's like, all right, Mike Capron, really, uh, he must have listened to the pod, right? Like that's the only, po- it, it, as if he knew what a podcast was. But um, but yeah. Well, he knows, uh, it, he knows what a post corner is because we're talking about yeah, quarterback dad, aren't we? He certainly does. Certainly does. But uh, yeah, they uh, oh, that was seventeen nothing, three nothing at the half was the lowest scoring half in football this year. Yeah. Weird, weird. I wasn't expecting Seattle to come out firing with Wilson after Wilson was hurt and all that, but Jesus, did they look just like a like They're a so- college team out there? They just can't. It is. It's weird watching a team with that personnel struggle purely because of the play calling. Like it, it's like to me, it's like I try to give Pete Carroll like the benefit of the doubt, like going into this season, just because of the results that we saw last year. But it is. It's brutal. The, the three they run out three plays, and you're just like, it's going to be run, run, pass, and it's yeah. not the pass isn't going to get the first down. And you so, have. Sorry to sorry to chime in here, but I think you're you're right in mentioning Pete Carroll's name, regardless of his role. You know, because even though they brought in Shane Waldron to be their offensive coordinator, same, same offense, same offense, same obviously, offense. right? Yeah. Same problem. So Pete Carroll has to be the one, and and I know um, Scott especially has been very critical of Pete Carroll. I think Bo, you have as well. Yeah, I've kind sucked. of. A I've little bit, of, but I, I I gave him the benefit of the doubt going into right. the season. Yeah. I've been more Switzerland on it as well, um, but our 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 coach killer in the top uh, right hand corner there it's one thing if you have whoever andy dalton and you're trying to to win every game 17 14 all right like okay let your super bowl winning somehow despite him being the coach super bowl winning quarterback go out and do something like it's just it's so obvious and it's not just anecdotal like it's not oh yeah they don't use russell wilson well like Bo said you watch the game and you know what the sequence of play calling is going to be. They are not good. They're they're at, like the defense is fine, but it's not like it what it was. I I don't know if the Metcalf Lockett combination complements it. Like it seems like it should, but they're not doing as much as they can. Now, that might be a byproduct of the play calling as well. I, they're just they're they aren't a good team. They're not going to get back into this playoff race, and um, it's like. Obviously, we've talked about it. I think Russell Wilson is as big a tool as you can find, basically. Like, like as as there is out there. But he's as an unbelievable player. Unbelievable yeah. player. And to see him get wasted is, um, yeah, it's tough to watch. And just to jump back or at least connect something we were speaking about earlier. I mean, Scott, you talked about, you know, offsides, penalties, lack of discipline. Like, how how can that always fall on the coach when the players know the rules? It's funny because play calling and stubborn-ass play calling that's not providing results is a completely different issue, and that can clearly be attributed to the person calling the plays. Yeah, that's a one-to-one. That isn't – there is no gray area there. Exactly. And, and yeah, they have an offensive coordinator, but – Guess what? If things haven't changed, then that's because the coach is overseeing and, and deciding what's being allowed to be called and like what, what the game plan is. As if as if things don't happen in a football game where you might have to change what you do. Like it, it's just so, it's like it's prehistoric. It's unbelievable. It, it like I, I've said this before. People think Pete Carroll is is youthful or whatever because he jumped into a huddle during a practice at USC in two thousand six. Like. Things times have changed, man. Like he's not good. Yeah, dude. I was I was watching the game with my dad as well too this weekend, and I was oh, like, wow. I was like, Dad, Pete Carroll. He's only like a year or two younger than you, and he's like, What? He's like, That is an insane job for someone my age to have. And I was like, I agree, and I think we're gonna see that that is true as we watch this game today. Because it was so bad. Because he is literally, he has a one-track mind. It's like, we have to run it, and then run it, and then pass it. And if that doesn't work, we'll punt it. And it doesn't matter if it's fourth and one. It's insane. Got to adapt. But I think we've talked enough coaching philosophy so far. If it comes up... No, Scott, and I, I I almost calling you our resident coach killer. Like that's almost a respect. Like I, I value your role greatly. You're very openly critical about coaches and I find it to be highly entertaining and usually quite insightful from your perspective. So please don't my, interpret that as a slight. 
my th- yeah my thing with coaches is i think it's easy to like blame them or whatever but if you can't manage a clock and your team is unbelievably predictable on offense then that that is you that is you that isn't hard to fix either like yeah. those are things that are that are I, you know w- when people are like oh second down in the middle of the second quarter what why was it this run play versus another or whatever? I, I'm that's not those one-offs. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about years of predictability and the coaches who don't know when to call a timeout. It's just inexcusable. Those are requisite parts of the job. You need to be good at. That's all I'm saying. It's the bare necessities. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. On the other, on the other end of that, if we can just switch to another game, that chargers Vikings game, you would thought you would have thought the Mike Zimmer was uh, coaching the Chargers and that uh, Brandon Staley was coaching the Vikings. The way that would okay. play out, right? So glad, yeah. So glad you brought that up, Brandon Staley. Um, is he getting a little Staley? Like what's going on here? <laughs> yeah. Right, it's that didn't so take true. Long. Yeah. yeah, no, it didn't take long because it turns out when you go on fourth all the time, people start to be like, okay, we can stop these guys. And also, every time you get a stop on fourth down, your defense goes insane. And I would swear, right, if we weren't on, if we weren't on Facebook right now, I would put some more flavor on that. But there is no <laughs> way like that this is going to be a sustainable way to play football the way that they're playing. Yeah, I get what you're saying, and I and I actually do think there's something to the um, to the just the momentum and and how much it helps your defense when they get the stop. That's why I'm my main part, my main reason for never kicking like a field goal, fourth and goal from the three, is because the defense feels like it's a win. Honestly, yeah, yeah. like that's that's what they're coming off the field. I don't think anyone is worried. I don't think anyone on the team. After who gives up a field goal in that situation is upset in the least, right? Yeah. So I I don't know. I just think the benefits of going for it in that situation are 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 way more uh, like way more advantageous. It just to that point, right? So at some point, the fourth downs, uh, you know, from midfield, maybe they catch up to you. And uh, between giving the ball back and just the momentum, I do in generally in general, I like his aggressiveness, but. There's definitely something to what you're saying, Bo. I, I just I like his aggressive too. If it was more nuanced, and I'm I'm ripping yeah. him on it after a Sunday where he doesn't go on fourth at all, but it's still there's something about the way that he's calling the game that doesn't take into account that his defense is really bad. His defense is really bad for some reason. They cannot stop the run, and people are running all over them, and they they're going to this entire season. They, they have, like, Asante Samuel's really good. Um, Chris Harris is really good as well, too, in, in secondary. And they, they can lock some guys up downfield. But I just feel like they're, people just slice through their defense. So why are you going on fourth so often when you give up points? You're basically giving up points at times, too, right? Where you can at least reset the field and with the kickoff after getting three points. Whereas you give this huge jolt to the opposing defense and possibly pretty good – field position to the offense like it just seems i just don't like the way that they're trending and it's it's so obvious to me that this isn't the chargers year as much as we all wanted it to be at the start of this season a little early them and the Bengals will be uh, meeting in super bowls in three years from now maybe who knows yeah young talented teams but yeah it's funny eh? the chargers i mean they have elite talent at positions in all three levels like you didn't even yeah. mention derwin james right and exactly yeah I feel like the Bosa's, both Bosa's, by the way, get hurt multiple times each game. Yeah, you saw that when he got that yes. neck stinger. It seemed like his season was over at first. And TJ Watt gets hurt multiple times a game. Yeah. Sorry, I'm thinking TJ Watt and Joey Bosa. I'm thinking they're all they're all, <laughs> they're right. all brothers. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> all Sorry. white athletic like defensive edge players. Some sort of blended family at this point, maybe. I mean, yeah. Well, I, Nick, Nick Bosa too, though. I guess it, yeah. It's it's white edge rushers. They just yeah. They don't have the durability of their uh, counterparts. I don't want to say that Ohio State breeds, uh, you know, a certain type of injury prone guy. All right. I don't want to say that. <laughs> But I feel Whoa. like it's my my uh, duty to, to do that, so I'm going to, and they do. It's, that's harsh sorry. coming after the Chase sorry, Young Bosa. injury. Sorry, Chase Young. Is... Sorry, actually, Terry McLaurin stayed in the game somehow. 
Dwayne yeah, Haskins yeah. probably got hurt, whatever he was doing on Sunday. Just watching oh. Mason Rudolph. That that hurt me to watch racing Mason Rudolph the little bit that I saw. He heard his he heard his vocal cords talking through the microphone to Rudolph's helmet, telling him, telling him what read to make. Ew, the Steelers are like I know it's Rudolph in there, but like anyone who they has called them stop. for real over the last two no, years, no, like they're no, the no. their defense is really good, especially when TJ Watts on the on the field. Their defense is extremely good, so I'll give them that. But yeah, their offense is it just seems like a miracle every time they move the ball. Yes, it, to do anything, it seems like a miracle. Uh, they're not good. Has have two teams ever deserved a, a tie more than those two in that particular game? It, Dan Campbell of course, is really of course, the Lions playing tough and they still remain winless. Eh, like so what are we doing with ties? What do you got? Did you see that uh, Najee Harris? Najee uh, Harris didn't know that, they, like, that a tie was possible. That was so good. Such yeah, good on, content because they come man. from a proper overtime procedure in college, at least, or like yeah, something that's never ex- seen an NFL game before. That still seems odd. It, it's oh yeah, it is. I, I don't know if that's his way of trolling the league or if he genuinely. I, so. I don't know though. Maybe that's part of being a good running back, just being short sighted, focusing on the here and now. He wasn't worried about the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, but I, I love the ties that. are so ridiculous. They're so yeah, ridiculous. It is so ridiculous. I mean, They're- come on. You're worried about adding new more games, 18th, you know, 18th game potential expansion. Like, let's sort out a goddamn overtime first of of okay. one game. Yeah. So. You're explaining it to someone who doesn't know football. All right. All right. This team gets the ball. If they kick a field goal, it's not over. The other team gets a try as well. Also, it's less time. It's only a 10-minute quarter. But if they score a touchdown, it's a, like Game's over, who, yeah. what are we talking about? It's like a different – that's like the same as like I never understood why hockey goes to a shootout. At least at least the shootout's entertaining, but it's a completely yeah. different game. It's like wh- why did you guys just decide to play a different game all of a sudden? Yeah, and or soccer especially. Like at least in the playoffs in hockey, yeah. you don't go to a shootout. A, a, yeah. a pen, like penalties could decide a World Cup, right? Which is – there's nothing less – like soccer than a than than penalties, ridiculous, <laughs> yeah. right? It's yeah, like exactly. it'd be like if the NFL ended with the quarterbacks throwing footballs through tires. Yeah, through the right? through the Which would honestly make yeah. a little bit more sense of what we have going right now. But the college overtime is better. It's better. Yes, it's yeah, so much better. At least both teams get a chance. Like that's all that matters: equal chance for both teams, and it's not going to end in a tie. And you can't end in a tie. There, it's it's such a lunatic. Just go. Yeah. Like ninety nine. There can't be a third outcome when it only happens like less than 1% of the time, right? That's just, it doesn't make any sense. And I don't even want to get like in bigger picture, like the hockey thing, you're right. At least I guess, you know, come the playoffs, they play, they play it out. But then that to me is also an indictment on their own process. Cause it's like shootouts don't really count. So in the playoffs, we'll do it the right way. Yeah. I also find utterly totally fair. Yeah. God. But um, so we don't have too much time. I'm gonna throw out a couple headlines and then you guys yeah. you attack it however you see fit. Um, one thing we, we we didn't have a chance to talk about the Dolphins dominating the Ravens on Thursday night football, the Patriots smacking the Browns down with no Nick Chubb. Uh hey, quick thing on the on both of those games, barely a loss for the Ravens, seeing that Cleveland loses, Pittsburgh gets a tie. For some reason, they're still, and then the Bengals are on on their bye. So, yeah. I'm watching. I'm watching the Illinois Marquette game in the background here, and the NFC North standings just, or sorry, the AFC North standings just came up on the <laughs> on the ticker. And every uh, Baltimore's leading at six and three, Cleveland's in last at five and five. So that's <laughs> going to be interesting coming down the stretch. It's crazy because Baltimore could be like three and six. I swear to God, like with how some of their games end. Talk about a game on Thursday where it just wasn't happening. No, okay? never, never looked like it had a chance. Yeah. Dolphins D always, looked really good all of a sudden. Yeah, they're flying. They, they played great. Javon and, Holland looked fantastic. Javon, I was about to say Javon Holland really like made me proud. Him and Xavier Howard ooh, back there. Also, the crowd was real, which yeah. I feel like isn't a thing in Miami, but maybe on a Thursday night. Right, as opposed to a Sunday afternoon, they were actually it was a thing to do. It was a, it was a super entertaining game to watch, and it's funny because I knew Baltimore was done; it just wasn't happening. But Lamar is in your head; he's, back, yeah. he's always like 
they could do it, right? They could do it because they have him. And uh, which is, that's quite telling. That's how impressive he is, right? But they still, they, ugh, that was ugly. One other shout out with that Cleveland game, Jacoby Myers. Did you guys see Jacoby Myers get his first touchdown ever? Shout Good out to for- whoever was in the chat the other day that was like, you should bet on Jacoby Myers. That was weeks ago, and that guy's a legend forever in here. We got to yeah. pick up his name because he was like, what do you guys think of the over-under on Jacoby Myers? We're like, dude, what? Yeah. And, and gone off since that Since that. For the, li- for the listeners, we're, the three of us are in a football pool together. You got to pick five games against the spread, and I'm texting Colin on Sunday about his pick, and he – he went with the Browns to start, and the Chiefs, Knicks Chiefs were my Chiefs were my first. Oh, choice. the Chiefs were your first pick. Sorry, and I had I had locked in the Chiefs already. Sorry, um, but you went with the Browns, and the Nick Chubb injury was enough to knock it off, and he went with the, the COVID, Panthers yeah. instead. Just an just an epic play. One of the like, all timers, yeah. For the Would have been on one side of a blowout, no matter what. Everyone knows how Bo and I feel about the Chubster, and if Nick Chubb is out, I'm out. It's huge. It's huge. If he's in. If he's in, I'm all in. Well, so that's how they're like. What, what am I going to trust Baker and Dude. a bunch of random D three receivers? I don't know. I have that exact same rule. Like if I'm going out to dinner or something, I'm like, is Nick Chubb going to be there? And if I get to <laughs> no, then I'm just staying at home. It's worth. We all have so a far. Nick Chubb. We all have a yeah, Nick Chubb in our life. Yeah. I got a yeah. Nick Chubb right now. <laughs> um. Okay. And in terms of the Patriots, I mean, I feel like Belichick and McDaniel's are starting to find their groove a little. I mean. Uh, Mac Jones yes. is getting a lot of love too. He was nineteen to twenty-three. Are we worried about Jamar Chase and his offensive rookie of the year? Can like does he? Yeah, well, you, you should be because yeah. these are the types of results that voters yeah. love most for coming from a quarterback. One, he's getting wins. Um, he's doing it efficiently, not like prolifically, but efficiently. He did throw three touchdowns. Somehow they put up forty-four points, and he didn't even throw for two hundred yards though, which is wild. Yeah, it doesn't make much sense. They're protecting them and they're getting wins. So you cannot cr- criticize them really for their approach right now because it's working and that's what Belichick does. And um, yeah, they look good. They look really good. But we'll see. I mean, they're, they're nipping at the heels of the Bills technically. So weird, you know. weird game for them on Thursday at the Falcons. I feel like the Falcons oh. have been that classic yo-yo team where that one yeah. week they, they, they'll beat someone and then the next they just get the absolute – shit kicked out of them right and um i don't know i just have a, I have a weird feeling that atlanta that atlanta plays well on thursday but with the, you know it's belichick you, you could easily see them go down there and just choke them out right like this weird it really it feels like they're team. they're catching their rhythm i was saying that to you last week too uh yeah. scott in our chat like they're they're uh seems like they're just kind of becoming that machine and if they get damian harris back like they could yeah. be a really good team. Well, shit, man, they don't even need him back. Ramondre Stevenson looks yeah, he's incredible. Good. He good. Yeah. He's a more yeah, he didn't look good at the start of the year. I think I've, we were pretty high on him in the coming out of the draft, but well, he, he he's catching up now. It's always a, a logjam at that position there. So especially as yeah. a rookie playing for Belichick, I feel like he probably had a short leash, didn't have a ton of opportunity. You can't. It's hard to judge a back without uh, you know enough carries. But you know, last two weeks or when he's getting the carries, he's looked fantastic. Um. But I'm yeah, through, I mean, sorry, oh, I'm just going through some of my prop bets for my fantasy football league, and if the pat and if the Pats make the playoffs, I also want a steak dinner, and I have to shotgun a king can. Amazing. So hopefully they don't. Yeah, yeah they're definitely can. making the playoffs. I don't remember that bet. Uh, <laughs> here, that was that was pre baby. Let's just say that. I love the uh, wager though. That's great. Strong. Gotta get creative. Gotta get creative. You'll have to order a steak from Wimpy's or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Something something affordable. It's technically uh, a steak. And how about Cam Newton, two Russian TDs, and the Panthers uh, hand the cards their second loss of the year? I mean, Colt McCoy's a disaster. Christopher Cole in the comments earlier um, mentioning that I'm not holding anything against the Cardinals for these losses. No, Tyler and, um, but anyway, that's kind of cool for Cam. I'm happy for Cam. He, he, he stayed, you know, since he – he was released from the Patriots. He stayed quiet. It wasn't, you know, he wasn't a Odell Beckham senior coming to social media. I thought he stayed quiet. So it's kind of cool to see him uh, come in and, and get in the end zone right away. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it was fun to see him, especially as soon as he got into the end zone, take his helmet off. That was fun. Can't, un, Is unlike he back? Cam, unlike Cam to do something like that. I was shocked to see him take a penalty. Like to, although I'm sure he was just, I get it. He hadn't played. He hadn't played. He comes back. He scores. I think he's 
earned uh, a 15 yard pass there. I would say, um, yeah, we can't take anything from the Cardinals for that game. That's like the infirmary unit, right? It doesn't even count. Um, Big win for the Panthers, though. Um, and McCaffrey's getting healthy, and that defense uh, is legit. Fast and now they, they get Washington are we, are, this week. Yeah, are we worried at all about the Panthers as a Bucks fan? No. Go away. <laughs> uh, on, on that note, uh, I think we are going to head up on out of here, watch some Monday Night Football. We didn't talk a ton about the game tonight, but I think we're all looking forward to seeing a couple new players on the Rams. Uh, we'll see how that unit gels and what they look like because uh, lots of season to be played. So Buccaneers fans, keep your chin up, focus on the future. We got the New York Giants next Monday night. Oh, shit, we'll be on the air before that game. We'll give you a little pregame. How about that? Perfect. Yeah, so enjoy, enjoy your week. Thanks for joining in. Check out our YouTube channel, Bucks Banter, um, and we will catch up with you guys next week. Thanks very much. Thanks, guys.